Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everyone. I am Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues, and we try to walk it all out with real faith. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's not always easy. Uh, We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about identity and different seasons that we go through as we're transitioning and as we're growing into our identity, into the places where God has called us, into the mindsets that God has called us to live with. And there's just so much to this topic. So what I want to do is just get the girls right on so that we can dive into a conversation today about identity in the waiting season. So joining us today, um, I got the two Christinas in the house, Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreaux, and our little teen angel um, and tribe member, Summer Garrett. Um, yes, the last name is definitely related to me. Um, that's not a coincidence. Hey, you guys, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good all over the world. How are you guys? Oh, good. How yeah. is everybody? Good, good, as they smile, <laughs> as they smile. All right, well, we're going to welcome everyone in. Um, we've got viewers who join us on the Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, which you can access through CynthiaGarrett.org or directly on YouTube. And you want to make sure that you subscribe to us. Um, please like us and share us also. And for those of you listening on podcast, and there seems to be a growing amount of you listening on podcast, so that's awesome. But could you do us a favor? Would you um, write a comment? And would you say something that you like about Girl Club and share us, uh, subscribe to us? That allows Apple, if you're listening on Apple especially, to push us out there to more people. So welcome to Girl Club. And um, just those little things that you do really support us in a lot of ways. So so that we don't have to come on here and beg for money, <laughs> which is which unfortunately, as most of you know, nonprofits and charities are kind of in that uh, place where it's your support that supports us. And um, it's not often even only money. It's just your support. So um, your comments 
your shares, all of that means something. And um, I just want to say good morning to all of you and, and, and good evening and good night in some places in the world, because we've got women um, and men who join us from all over the world. In fact, if, if you're with us and you're a guy this morning, send us a message over here on YouTube. Let us know that um, you like Girl Club and what you're learning from Girl Club. And um, thanks for listening to us on Life Audio. We love being here. There are a lot of great shows on Life Audio. So thanks for tuning in. We happen to think we are very special. And I have a very common conversation, though. Um, you know, Christina Reynolds and I were talking a lot this last week. Um, we were blessed that she and her husband came and spent a couple of days with us here in Nashville. And that was great. But we had some really interesting conversations just about identity. And, um, you know, I've, I've often spoken about identity because I believe that knowing who you are and to whom you belong to as a believer, you know, you belong to Christ, right? Um, but also knowing really and truly how to walk your identity out in the world. You know, does God expect you to change for other people? You know, um, does God expect you to uh, change when you become a believer? Sure, there are certain things when we embrace Christ that we let go of, you know, things that aren't a part of our personality um, in Christ, things that are about righteousness and things that are about living a more um, fulfilled life as a believer. But there are also things about your personality, you know, uh, do, are you supposed to change the way that you smile, you know? Are you supposed to change the way that you share the gospel? Are you supposed to change the expression of your musical talent? You know, how does it impact? How does your identity in Christ impact your identity at work as an actor, as an artist, as a lawyer, as a doctor? You know, I think so many people get so confused and lost in the expression of themselves as a Christian and what it's supposed to be in the world that we live in. So I just kind of want to dive in right here. Um, I think uh, Christina Reynolds was kind of, um, I think you were kind of talking a little bit about just some breakthroughs I said that I'm having with being my unique self and expressing my love of Christ in my unique way while still lining all of that up with the Bible and still knowing that he doesn't fall off the throne if I make a mistake. Um, so I'd just love to get you guys kind of jumping in about your initial thoughts at this point. And uh, we're off to the races. And for those of you watching, I'd also love to hear your thoughts and your comments as we go along. Mm. All right. Yeah. Um, I just love this topic so much because, you know, now that I'm like have entered into my 30s for a little while, I feel like I'm finally gaining a little bit of like, um, just victory in the place of identity. You know, I think like in my twenties, especially it was such a struggle. Who am I? How can I be successful? And it's really hard to not look to your left or your right to see your competitors. Like, uh, what are they doing? That's they're getting more jobs. They're getting more platform time. They're getting their, you know, what, you know, X, Y, and Z that I have somehow come to define success by. And, and I remember just having talks with, you, Cynthia and Roger, when I was like in my early twenties and just, just crying going, you know, I'm, 
I'm, I'm losing my passion for what God made me to do because I feel like I have to be this way in order, you know, this way in order to be successful. And that's even in like the Christian world, not even the secular world. And it was really destroying me. And I just remember that, that conflict of, you know, talking to you guys and you guys setting me straight and be like, who cares? Be yourself. Like you're doing everyone a disservice by trying to be like someone else, you know, and getting that little taste of like empowerment and going back home and then falling right back into it again. Like, so it's been such a struggle. So I thought it was just really like interesting that, you know, talking to you recently about how even you're gaining victory even now, like however many years of being in television, walking with the Lord. And I feel like I'm still gleaning from you that empowerment to like keep going and to keep like pressing into like who God created me to be. And over this last year, it's been a real rending and tearing of going of, of really like, honestly, like I told you just, this is like really funny, but like I told you the other day that I went home and I wrote this song. God like gave me this song and this song is all about like digging up this dead body that I had buried a while ago in my backyard and how that dead body is me. And it sounds morbid, but that's literally what it feels like. It's like, I'm pulling out this corpse. That's like, that God is wanting to breathe life into again, because I thought I had to be something else anyway. So I'm still on the journey, but I really thought this was such an important Mm. topic to talk about. Cause I think now I'm realizing it isn't just when we're 18, 19, 20, then when we're 30 to our 40, but it is like a lifelong process of like throwing off man's opinions and the world's standards and going, who am I in Christ? How can I fully mm-hmm. express mm-hmm. who God created me to be to fully give him glory? Cause yes. I cannot look like either of you and do any good, you know, and, and we're all, we're, we all work in industries that are very competitive that are, that all are surrounding artistic expression, which man, to put a price on artistic expression, you can easily be exploited. It's really hard to be authentic. Like these are all really hard industries to maintain identity. So I would just want to sit here and hear what everyone else thinks and also hear from like the older women and the mamas in, in our group, give us some advice. I think we all need to like hash it out, you know? Well, I got to tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. First of all, when you, you talk about the song that you wrote, see, I don't think that song is morbid at all. And, and I say that from a girl who in the year 2000, I was going through a big um, identity transition, a big dying to myself. And um, so that's 22 years ago, right? And I, I was in a very prolific season of painting then. I, I paint, I love to paint. Haven't painted in a number of years. It's part of something that I feel has been stirring up in me again in this last year. So I can't wait to start painting again. Um, I was fortunate to have some awesome, you know, people, well, artists who first looked at my paintings and were moved by them and supported me and encouraged me, one of them being Denzel Washington. So it was like, it was amazing, right? Like, wow, I was, I felt like I was getting validation at the highest level, but even, you know, even like on every level, people would walk in and stand in front of my paintings and start crying or because I I paint scripturally, you know? So 
it was really the word of God that was impacting people. It wasn't me. But, um, but I will say this. One of the paintings that I did, which appealed to everyone in my life, Christian, non-Christian alike, was um, a painting I call The Resurrection. Um, and it's, it's literally a big, huge canvas, and it's very textured. And it says only this, on the third day, dead things live again. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so interesting how that impacted so many people. Because, e- of course, if you were a believer, you got the message of Christ the hope of Christ. You got the whole thing of the fact that he had to be, to go into a tomb and literally be dead in his fleshly body in order to live again, you know, in the fullness of why he came to earth, why we know him as mankind, right? And and then if you, if people who weren't believers, they attached it to their own perhaps season of feeling just dead and overlooked and um, forgotten. And it brought them hope, you know, in feeling that they could live again, that there, there was something on the other side of, of transition, death, stillness, um, lack of anything going on, you know? And I, I find, of course, the power in that is because the truth of all things ultimately is rooted in the cross. I mean, it's almost amazing to me that, you know, you can try to get away uh, from Christ as an unbeliever, but I promise you, I can relate everything back to, you know, whatever you're feeling stirring inside usually is some truth that's rooted in Christ. And, um, and I just wish that people would, you know, really explore that, you know, and, and not shy away from that. But mm-hmm. I think it's pretty amazing, Christina, because our whole journey as believers is about dying to live again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. going away from that is just crazy because we mm-hmm. all live there. We all know that every day something is calling us to die again. And you're right. You know, it's, it's a lifelong journey because, well, let's put it this way. Uh, do attacks on your life or your uh, identity or your mind or the things you want to do or your dreams or your hopes, do those stop when you get past a certain age, you know, or, uh, do people stop criticizing you when you get to be a certain age? Or is there ever a point where everything's just perfect? No, as long as we live in the world that we live in, right. We're going to continue to have to check and recheck our identities. We're going to always be going through different seasons of transition and change. And life is, you know, life is definitely in motion. So I just really believe that our identity and standing in it is something that is rather in motion also. You know, Mm -hmm. you gain it, you stand in it firmer and firmer and firmer so that as life is in motion, you don't get knocked back into certain places. But it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're not struggling you know, mm. we I, like we've talked a lot about butterflies. Right. And we know that I, I, when we had Amanda on the show last week, we really talked about butterflies and what happens inside of the cocoon and, you know, the. The whole the chrysalis and the way the wings are formed, wings are formed in the struggle inside the cocoon. Mm. Well. Unlike butterflies, we don't struggle in a cocoon, come to life, fly off and that's it. 
Like we sort of leave the butterfly on their journey there, right? Hmm. We don't really think about it after we see it kind of, oh, what it went through, it's beautiful. Now it's gone. Bye, butterfly. Well, that's really great with butterflies, but it's not the way that it is with human beings. With humans, we're still here with each other. You might be floating around in one season and then you land and I go, Christina, why aren't you flying? Hmm. You know, so what's going on then? You know, what's really going on with the butterflies, you know, as we journey and, and, you know? Yeah. You know, Cynthia, I, I really believe that what we're chasing in life is going to be what we're finding our identity in, you know, like so many people, right? Like Mm -hmm. even are pursuing a career, are pursuing ministry, are pursuing platforms, are pursuing all their own things. And what we're pursuing is what, because even like, you know, the word says, you know, like what we, what we behold is what we're going to become. And I know that even this last week, you know, like I got back from like Texas last Sunday night from honestly touring heavily since January and I hit a wall. Like I was supposed to leave for Mexico on Wednesday and I just knew that when I was in Texas, the Lord say, Christine, I need you to come away with me. And I've had like rest days in between like my tours and ministry weekends. But I realized that I had like a day, a half a day or a day, but I haven't had like three consecutive days of like intentional, um, just like resting in the Lord. And I think honestly, I remember I was telling my friend, my friend Austin's wife, like she was in Mexico with me like last month. I was like, dude, there came a day where if I'm being completely honest with y'all, like I was battling so hard, man. Like I was going from one thing to the next. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, Lord, like, is this all like, is this all you've called me to be? Because I'm literally, you know, battling around the clock with heavy ministry events in a short amount of, you know, a short amount of days, travel schedule, discipling people around the clock. I have friends Mm -hmm. going through things. I have young people I'm discipling that I was just like, bro, I feel like I haven't gotten off the battlefield. Even when I'm home, I'm still pouring into people. People are still hitting me up. And I literally just on Monday completely like put the plug out of the wall and was like, I'm just going to sit at home, dude. I don't want to be nothing for no one for like four days. (laughs) And, um, and I wasn't anything for anyone for four days and it felt so good. And honestly, it took me the first day was really hard because I've been going for so long to really just like be still before the Lord. And it was so beautiful. Like I didn't leave my house until that Friday morning. Cause I had, we had like a youth conference thing for a couple days at Golden Springs, but for four days, I literally just unplugged and it was so sweet to just have a time of, you know, like worship in the Lord and like, um, sitting in the word and not having to be anything for anyone, not leaving my house, you know, like I had like enough like food, you know, in my house. But during that time, the Lord just brought me back to just being with him. And, you know, even though we had, I have to go, we had, I had a big ministry weekend coming into today, but this week before going into another ministry week, next week, the Lord has put on my heart for this week. Like you're going to just be a child this week, you know, and even like, this image I got back driving back from church yesterday was, you know, when kids are on the playground, they, after school, what do they do? They come off the, pl- they come, you know, at the end of school. I remember as a kid, 
you know, we would wait for 30 minutes to an hour for our parents to pick us up. We would exit from our classroom with our backpack, throw our backpack on the ground and just go straight for the playground, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's such an image of just putting off, like, what does that backpack represent? Schoolwork, homework, you know, grades, just putting it down and just go going to be a child and play. And that was what the Lord kept putting in my mind, like Christina this week. I need you to just go play. I need you to take your surfboard out. I need you to take your skateboard out. I need you to just do what you love to do. Cause I, that was one thing I talked to one of my, my buddies on my whosoever's team. I was like, dude, I'm trying to recharge, but I poured out so much over an extended period of time that I'm just really trying to just like, you know, let the Lord, like the Lord's restoring my soul, but I just need to be a 32 year old, you know, like I just need to be a human being for like a week. He's like, Christine, you just got to do what you love. You know, for him, he goes out surfing and biking and he's like, you got to just do what you love. And so this week, that's literally what I'm going to do is just even just being in, having our identity as a child that even in ministry, over this, I had a, a day, right? I have, it was probably a day where I remember looking in the mirror uh, probably about a month and a half ago. And I was like, I felt lost for a second. Cause when you're in the grind of the battlefield, I felt lost. I felt lo- you could, you could lose your identity for me. Mm-hmm. It was for like a moment in ministry, but how do you get that back? You get it back by just dude, putting it aside. Like I put Mexico aside this last week. Like my boys were in Mexico. I love Mexico, but Ministry is always going to be there, but you aren't. Your soul will not always be there. Your heart will not always be there. So there's times, man, where whether you are in ministry or your job or whatever, that you begin to feel the wear and tear of the grind, where you begin to have conversations with people and you just like, it. it's hard because your heart has given everything. It has pumped out everything. And physically, I had given everything. Emotionally, spiritually, I had given everything. Like my hair is completely faded because people are like, it looks nice. I'm like, no, dude, I just haven't done my roots and updated my color in the last five months on the road. But so before going into the season of even like going back in the industry fully and going into a heavy tour season, I'm just like, Lord, I just want to be with you. I want to put my backpack down, you know, go to the playground this week and just be with you. And that's such a moment. That's such a picture of identity of of being a child, just putting it aside and continually chasing the Lord um, in every season of life. And I, and I wouldn't say that I was chasing ministry in this last season because I wasn't, there's a lot of stuff I say no to, but it was just in the midst of the grind, you could lose yourself in, um, the exhaustion and pouring out. And in this moment, it's, it's necessary to take a step back and you to know, just, yeah, go away with the Lord. So I don't know if all that made sense, but I just, yeah, like, yeah totally yeah. It made it. Well, it made a ton of sense. And you, you, yeah. you know what I hear? I hear in that the Lord said, when you said you heard Christina come away with me, I, yeah. I heard Christina come into the cocoon, yeah. come, come struggle inside the cocoon in the secret place with me so I can strengthen your wings so you can go back out and fly again, you know, and it's interesting. It's, it's so beautiful. You guys, your comments, these comments are amazing. You know, to this point, Christina CB, um, CBP new wrote in, I think we also transition multiple times unlike butterflies. Mm -hmm. And each time we fly a little and suddenly feel like it's cocoon time again, cocoon time 
time again, usually with God. And that's, I mean, leaning in and closing ranks with him and drawing strength for the next shift over and over, especially as we get older. That is so accurate. I do. I think that is so accurate, you know, unlike butterflies. And it's kind of the, you know, what I realized, you know, this week, thinking about all of our conversation about butterflies, it's like the when we talk about the butterfly, it's like we miss the we miss part of the story that we need. The part of the story we we need to not miss is now the butterfly has its wings and its colors and it looks really pretty. It's just come out of the the beauty salon of the cocoon and it flies away. Well, then we miss that we don't just fly off into the sunset and life is perfect. We actually fly off into the sunset and we then have to keep flying. We have to learn to fly at new heights. We have to, oh, we got to go down to the earth again. Oh, now we got to go pollinate something. We have to feed. Mm -hmm. Christina, Mm -hmm. you're in ministry. You know, we're, we're, we're essentially, you know, we're in ministry. When you're speaking into other people's lives, and all believers, I really believe, are in ministry because we should all be speaking into other people's lives in a positive way. And when we are, you're pouring out. You're pouring out. But you got to go back into that cocoon to fill up. Because if not, when you're empty, as you because you're pouring out, you'll begin to listen to the world outside of you, outside of your cocoon, telling you, oh, pour this in. Oh, pour this in. And because you're empty, you start pouring in stuff from them. So now you're struggling to get your wings outside of your cocoon, outside of that secret place with God. And when you're struggling to find your wings, find your voice, find your identity, walk in it, fly in it, and you're doing that outside of your cocoon with God, you're now doing it with other people. You're doing it in the world. And you may be even doing that with other people who have no business speaking into your life. Mm-hmm. You may be doing that in situations where you shouldn't be pouring in mm-hmm. what's, what you're being fed, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's mm-hmm. only in that secret place with the Lord Amen. that you should be struggling for your wings mm-hmm. to get stronger, you yeah. know? And I mean, hello, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why last week, dude, like... A lot of even my transition to Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, you know, from the church I was at up here in Thousand Oaks was me realizing like, yo, this battle season, I'm giving twice as much than what I did in the last. So I need to go to a place where they're giving the solid meat, you know, and so I've been in like you know, the women's studies, you know, the young adult studies, like the Sunday studies. And when I'm home, like just going through like Bible studies. I'm like always taking inventory, like who is in my life? Like who am I keep a very tight ship in my life of who I spend time with, who I allowed to pour into my life and speak into my life. And like, that's what like last week I spent about four solid days just like in the word and worship, like go, like I literally just had to not leave my house because, you know, just resting in the Lord because if you, I know what it's like to be in ministry and to try to fill up, to fill that empty space that you've poured out exactly what you said, Cynthia, with all the wrong things, yeah. you know, with like people and because um, after you pour out, even all my friends in ministry, when you pour out deeply, there's a loneliness that you feel not only because you're around people and you're no longer around people, but because you've poured out and your soul feels vacant. 
and you got to pour in like some people fill that with friends or activity, you know, more or shopping or vacations or which is fine. Right. But you have to replace that with the Lord himself. And so even last week I was like, dude, I'm shutting down. And it was just me and Jesus, man. And this week I'm shutting down and it's just me and Jesus after today, because there's always people that will want your time. When people know that I'm home or people know that I'm gone, I'm not on a ministry weekend. They're like, let's do this or let's do that. I could easily, and I used to do that. I used to schedule out my days completely when I was home for ministry stuff because I didn't want to be alone. Mm. Why? Because mm. I didn't want to look in the mirror and see my own loneliness and emptiness. Mm. But it's sometimes that the Lord wants you, that's where the Lord wants you to look in the mirror and to see your own loneliness and emptiness. And for him to say, I'm the answer and only I can fill that. Mm. And last week, man, the Lord filled a cup that had been pouring out consecutively for like since January. And I have like a deep intimacy with the Lord and I spend time with the Lord a lot on the road and in between stuff. But doing that over a period of seven months, like the wear and tear was beginning to show itself. And that's when I was like, okay, it's time to come away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Away. So I agree, yeah. Cynthia. I know what it's like to, to, to fill that with yeah. friends and shopping and all yeah. that stuff. Right. It doesn't satisfy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and to also fill it with the right things. And let me tell you, dude, it's, there's a big difference, you know? Well, there is a big difference because, you know, one leaves you constantly panting for wa- the water, water yeah. of life. One leaves you constantly yearning for, you know, the deep things inside of you that are yeah. stirring, the questions you have to be answered. And only God can answer those questions. You know, only that time alone with God, mm-hmm. you know, in that cocoon of yeah. identity you know, that identity cocoon where the butterfly becomes a butterfly, right? Um, That's the only place you can get it. And, you know, it's just, I'm looking at, you know, I want to, I want to read this, this other comment because, you know, you, you, you really hit on something um, deep kind of going back to um, CR uh, about age, you know, and like CB, then you kind of talking about like the need to kind of go back, you know, we go back continually to a place where we need to fill up, right? Salumbra writes in, and I think this is so deep and Salumbra, I just need you to know, I feel this one personally. At 57 and a widow of 11 years, I'm feeling that I have lost the passion and creativity of who God called me to be. I go through moments in my life where I can't get it together. I need prayer, please. And you know, she, she goes on to say, I just want to be all that God calls me to be without feeling like I'm a disappointment to him. Well, first of all, you're not a disappointment. I mean, I, I think as you get older, I think this identity thing, when you have to go back to a cocoon, I think it definitely, it's like you've flown out there so far, so high for so long that you then, then returning to the cocoon, that's a journey in and of itself. You're tired. You're exhausted. You feel like, is there a recreation of me? Is there, is there Mm -hmm. anything I can pour my passion into in this season of life? You know, and, and I gotta, I gotta tell you Salumbra or for anybody else who's going through this, um, T.D. Jake said something years ago. I'll never forget it. 
And at the time I heard it, I think I was in my, in my, maybe I was 30, you know, now I'm old enough to know that I was young. Okay. I always felt old. I turned 21 and cried. You guys i have always had a problem with the aging process. It's insane. Um, but I remember he said in a sermon, what are you going to do with the life you have left? And I mean, I was just rocked to my core because at 30, I thought I had no life left. You know, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so, I'm old and da, 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 da. And I, I, I'm not a billionaire and I didn't take over the world, you know, all those youthful things. Well, at 57, you know, that question, it, it kind of, you know, causes even more reflection because you realize, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm past the halfway mark maybe of the life that I have left. But that question still rings true. And I present it to each and every one of you, whether you're 21, 22, 32, 35, 50, 57, 40, 45, it doesn't matter, 70, 75, you're still alive because there's still purpose in you having breath, period. We are believers. We say that we believe that every man has an appointment to meet their maker, right? We, we, we reread scripture. We know that God has a determined day. Well, if you're alive today, it's because today ain't the day. So I really am trying to walk in this myself, Salumbra. Like if I'm alive today, God has purpose for me today. And maybe I don't need to worry about what his purpose is for me tomorrow. I just need to wake up every day and go, oh, another day. God has purpose for me today. What are we doing today, God? And, and try to get on the side of the journey that can, can make you look at it with more excitement. You know, I think some people may need to actually um, maybe recreate yourself. You can do anything. You know, you can go anywhere. You can, you can certainly recreate yourself. And why do I say that? Sure, there's limitations. You know, I, I, I can't necessarily recreate myself as a pilot unless I go out and learn to fly which is not an impossibility, you know, but, but recreating yourself really and truly begins in your mind, in your own mind first. That's really where you, you know, you begin to, you, you're in your cocoon with God. You're struggling. God, I feel, you know, like it's too late. God, I feel like, you know, my calling or my purpose must have passed me by. I feel mm. forgotten. I feel like I failed. I didn't succeed when I was younger all those things you're struggling with in your cocoon, oftentimes in your waiting season, in your cocoon, which is a double whammy. Cause it usually, you know, when you're in the cocoon and you're struggling, you know, to get your wings and to strengthen your wings, you're usually in a waiting season. Cocoons are hanging around. They just <laughs> hang around. <laughs> they don't fly around like the butterfly who comes out with the strong wings. Cocoons are just kind of wrinkled up little things that hang around. And it's dark inside and nobody really knows what's going on inside of the cocoon, except for you, the one in the cocoon, you know? So we can objectively, like I can objectively look at you, Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreaux, Summer, you know, I can objectively, you know, even look at you, Salombra, and so many of you who've commented here and, and assume if you're feeling this way, you're in a cocoon and I know what's going on. There's a struggle to get your wings. 
but I don't know the depth of that struggle. I don't know the many layers that those wings are going to actually produce. I just know that with God, all things are possible. And, 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 you know, too much is given, much is required, you know, and, and I go back to Psalm 75. Let me, I asked uh, Anna to load it. This is one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 75, seven. It is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. I love that because in certain, in, in many of our different seasons, we feel, we feel up, we feel exalted. In some of our seasons, we feel down. Miche, um, you commented that you love that I am an artist. Truly, I am truly an, an, an artist, sometimes too much. You know, I like to fancy myself a businesswoman, but at the end of the day, I'd rather paint business than live business. But, you know, I'd rather write business than live it. I'd rather act business than, than you know, than live it. But, um, but I mean, you know, I think as an artist, you're close to this journey because you know, you should be close to this journey no matter what you are. But for some reason, people who are creative seem to really need to understand this journey because we know that we depend on God for anything creative that comes out of us. Mm, amen. Hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, Cynthia, you mentioned something about recreating yourself. That's something that actually you were like trying to, trying to drill into me over this last week. And you said it again, just in, in light of like different ages, how it's like never too late to recreate. And I think there's something that like my generation and younger deals with, which is imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys have dealt with that or have heard of that, where like when you're younger and you don't have a, a good grip on who you are, mm. it's, it's, it's easy to, I don't know, push away who you are because you think people are going to think I'm a poser. Like I haven't made it yet. Like why? Like, it's like a huge thing. Like, like younger, like little si spiritual sisters that I have that I mentor, like it's insane to me how, how that, that idea that like, if I'm not fully successful at from the moment I decide that this is who I am, then I must be like a fake. There's this whole, I, like this fear of being fake. And, but then I think that kind of just, you kind of like pop that bubble for me. You're like, you're like, move here, reinvent yourself, tear off all the labels. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, I mean, you, we had listened to this you had um, actually, um, so, you know, uh, sent us this message on criticism and the spirit of criticism. And something that really struck me is that the pastor was teaching about like, you know, the verse where it says, you know, the prophet doesn't have any respect or honor in his own town. It was talking about Jesus of all places. He was doing miracles and, you know, everyone was in awe of him and loved him. And, but it was actually where he grew up that people were like, Jesus, isn't that like Mary's son, which, you know, Joseph is his dad, I think, you know, and like, and, and I just think of it, it makes me think of like, man, reinvent yourself in a place where you're stuck around people who know you from day one. I'm thinking of that. I don't know. Could you speak to that a little bit of how you even push through that? Let's say if there's not an option to leave your current community that knows you has seen you reinventing yourself. There's a lot of criticism that comes with that. I don't know. Maybe it's just my generation or younger. Maybe it's more Gen Z. I don't know. I don't know if summer feels that way at all, but no, I, I don't actually think summer's generation 
Um, and I'd love to hear from you on this summer, my, my quiet little, little uh, well of wisdom over there. Uh, I don't think summer's generation feels the judgment of each other the way that our generation did. And yes, I love really? you guys. I, yes, I am 57. <laughs> I said, I, sometimes I forget how old I am. Might be older. <laughs> so, but, but it is, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting because I, it, there's such a temptation as, you know, when you say I'm a Christian, right? Now, a lot of people are Christians at different places on their journey. I mean, let's just be real, guys. Like, we're works in progress, right? Mm -hmm. Which means we're constantly, we're constantly, you know, we're constantly returning to the, to the cocoon. We're constantly refueling and filling up again so that we can go out in our identity. And in that cocoon, you know, sometimes your identity changes, right? Because cocooning can also be a little bit like pruning. And I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about pruning next week, right? Nobody likes that part of it. Nobody likes the cocoon part of it. But the reality is that God has called us for a purpose and he wants to make sure that we become all that he called us to be. So like Salumbra, and for those of you, you know, who might feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm at whatever age I'm at and I don't feel like I'm where I want to be. And I just, I mean, I love, I mean, Salumbra, you, your comment. It, you did say it once before, and it strikes me. It always strikes me deeply. Um, you wrote, I think I stated this before, but I would like to know what it's like to live and not just be alive. Mm. Okay. You know that in the cocoon, the butterfly is alive. Mm. But man, is it dead in there. It's dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> man, Christina, I mean, you talk about going out to the backyard to dig up your body. I mean, let's be real, you guys. That's real, dude. Like, that's, that's gnarly. Right, <laughs> right. Gonna, like, you should read the lyrics. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please. Right. But I mean, there are- At some point. It, 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 it's so on point because the- re That's why, I, by the way, it was God who gave you the song. Oh, no, so it whoever, was. Whoever <laughs> might judge you for writing, like I can't even think of who would judge you for writing that. They wouldn't even be friends of mine. Like I get the deep of it, you know? And 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 for Christians, like we've got to stop judging each other and start loving each other and helping mm -hmm. each other. Like, you know, I don't think that, you know, I let loose in, in front of some of my, you know, some of my close friends in a different way than I would, you know, on a pulpit or here. Not that I, not that it's different people. It's not. It's just that I know that I don't wear, you know, a wedding dress to someone else's wedding, or I don't wear a wedding dress to a funeral. I don't wear funeral mm -hmm. clothes to a wedding. It's just like being appropriate and correct. Mm -hmm. And it, but, but I also have been struggling and I think for me, I, I've had to go to the pop to the other extreme and just, okay, who's Cynthia, mm -hmm. you know, without everyone else's label on yeah. me, without political, who, who am I? Am I a conservative? You know, am I a conservative Christian female? Uh, am I, you know, who, people project stuff on you all day long. Yeah. You know, if you're a singer, well, if you're singing in church, then you're a worship leader and you should do it like this. Why? If God made you, you know, if first of all, we should all really be worshiping God. We're created to worship God. 
We're not created to worship rock stars. We're not created to worship Bono or, you know, or Prince or Michael Jackson or Justin Bieber or whomever else you might worship. We're not. We're not created to be groupies and fans of any other human being on this planet because every other human being on this planet, like you, like me, is flawed. Period. There's mm -hmm. only one that is worthy. Jesus. If we start there that Jesus alone is the only worthy one, um, then it ought to take a load of pressure off your shoulders, right? And then from there, your struggle is not to let other people put that load of pressure and crud mm -hmm. back on your shoulders. Because the mm -hmm. reality is, I mean, what if CB goes into a, a, a church, a, a, a conservative church, and they say to her, well, you can't have blue hair. You need to change your hair color. Whoa, whoa. Then what about all the girls that have a little funky in their soul, that have a little, you know, a little hippie chick in them like me? What about all those guys and girls that need to see somebody with blue hair preaching the gospel, you know? Like, I was told recently I had to take out my nose ring. I'm like, out of what? all the things, why the nose ring? It was yeah. at a youth camp. Oh my goodness. I'm like, did I'm you take it out? Like, I don't understand. Sorry. I just told <laughs> them, I was crazy. like, sorry, if you guys invited me to speak, I'm not taking it out. And so I was like, and I have you... all the things, my tattoos and my hair. Like, Good my for nose you. Ring. It's from well, India, bro. Well, well, I know. Let me, can I tell you something? When Sorry, yeah, my, yeah, but it's true. When I got my first right. job on television at VH1, which was huge back in the day, music television, right? The sister channel of MTV. I go to work my first day on set and it's so crazy because I'm getting ready to be interviewed by the woman who was uh, one of the talent heads back then who hired me and they came to me on set. Now, mind you, I knocked it out of the park. Okay. It was like, they thought I'd been doing it for 20 years. Little do they know I'd never sat in front of a teleprompter a day in my life. I faked it till I made it. Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I go in, I knock it out of the park. I'm in New York. I'm on a music channel, rock and roll guys, rock and roll. And they came down and they whispered in my ear, um, you were great. You just have to take the nose ring out before you're on air again tomorrow. And I'm like, my nose ring. Oh, I forget that I have a nose ring, especially mine, Chris, uh, CB, because I have a little diamond. You, you're, yours, I hope it's a little, maybe a little more noticeable, but I never notice yours either. So I go out that night. I get, now you guys, I'm not, I'm, this is BC, this is before surrender to Christ. Okay. I was a believer, but I hadn't surrendered. So I went out, I had three shots and I went to take the nose ring out because it was painful. Okay. It was painful. I cried all the way home. It was painful. I go back to work the next day. I work. And then I get a call from the president of the channel. He calls down to the set and he says, Cynthia, when you're off the air, can you come over to my office? I want to meet you. You've had a great few days here for us. I, I, I want to talk. So I'm like, oh, okay. Are they going to give me the full-time gig or what? I go across the street. I meet with the, I sit down. I walk into the president of the channel's office. His name was John Sykes. Shout out to John. I don't know where you are, but hey. And um, I go I, and I and I sit down in his office and he goes, yeah, you're great. What a great job. We're definitely doing a con your, your contract with you. I was with them for four years, by the way. And um, he goes, but I, 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 I have a request. And I said, what? And he goes, Sin, why'd you take the nose ring out? This is rock and roll. Put the nose ring back in. I walked out of his office. I had three more shots of tequila. 
I went back to the nose, to the piercing place in New York. I put my nose ring back in and I learned a lesson in my 20s that I've never forgotten. I've never even had to learn it again. And it was this, opinions are like, you know what's, everyone has an opinion, you guys. And when you're not dealing with Christ, I knew that I didn't think there was anything that Christ was upset with me about putting my nose ring in. But all of a sudden I had my little wings. I was flying now on the set. I was about to get my first big job and all the world's voices and opinions about my identity as a performer on camera started to come in. And I went and I took something away from myself that God had given me in my cocoon season for years, trying to work on camera and studying and my all of whatever. And I bought into it like that. And I learned I will never, ever let anyone create my identity again, ever. I go, I live or I sink in my own ship, on my own ideas, on my own strength. That's it. If God leads me to it, he will equip me to do it. And that's it. And I'm telling you the same for yourselves because he's not different to me than he is to everybody else. I'm not that vain to even think that's true. You, you cannot. Like it's, it's, it's important. You know, if I decide one day in recreating me that I want to take my nose ring out, that'll, that'll never happen. But if I did, then it would be my choice. You know what I mean? Not someone else's. And so, you know, Christina, look, as a musician, I will tell you this, you know, I've told you this a million times, like God gave you a gift. I think you should throw off every single voice that has hindered you, everything you've heard, anything you even know. I think you should just write a bunch of songs that make you feel good and don't think for five seconds about what anybody's going to think, period. Act like no one's going to hear them. So say anything you want to say. Stumble around. If you got to get some curse words out of you, just get it out and then put it before the Lord. And I promise you, he is big enough in your life to say, Christina, I don't want you to use these words. I want you to use those words. Christina, you might try this. Oh, Christina, I love that style. Go with that. Like he is the only president of your record label, sweetheart. (laughs) And you need to just seriously have a season of doing it for him. And I really mean this for everybody who's creative. You know, I know we have a lot of creative people who watch and I really do. Like you've got to learn to truly Submit and surrender only to the voice of God that I promise you, you can only find in those cocoon moments where you go inside. It's just you and him alone. And then you go out and you fly because your wings are strong enough to withstand the criticism, the comments, even from other believers, you know? Okay, Summer, I, 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 for those of you listening on podcast, you know, Summer's been in studio all this time. She hasn't said a word. She's 22. I just got to know what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. So there was something that I was hearing for Christina Reynolds um, about criticism. And there's a verse that came to my mind and it was, don't worry about your fashion. So that speaks to not worrying about what people think of you and how you are perceived to others, how you look to others. 
And when you're looking at that, there's two things going on. First of all, any type of opinion that's negative is always going to be the enemy trying to um, take you away from what God is trying to do. He's trying to distract mm. you so that you're not going to do what God wants you to do. And that's also having your eyes, not saying that you're doing this, but if you're listening to criticism, then you're having your eyes and your ears on people instead of God. Mm. And I think with criticism, the most important thing is like, having your eyes and your ears on God and only being worried about pleasing him because mm -hmm. God could tell you to like he did for me, quit your job tomorrow. And that would be like, I mean, that could bring a lot of disappointment from your boss, but you're, you don't answer to that person. You answer to God. So if God is telling you to do something that may not even make sense, that may disappoint people that may look bad to the world if God's asking you to do it, then that's what he's asking you to do, no matter what fashion you're going to have after that, if that makes sense. So, and I think another thing that I was thinking about that came to my mind when we were talking is like, there's something that I've been going through and it's obsessive planning my day. I am a big planner. I plan my day in full. I always have like a to-do list. And I think that this whole like, idea of the cocoon and staying in that is really rooted in every single day asking God what you should do with your day instead of having like a plan of how you're supposed to do it and doing everything your own way and your own strength and going on the path that you want to go just kind of waking up and saying okay God you blessed me with another day so what am I supposed to do with this day what plan do I need to have today and I think that that goes along with looking at God all the time and always and everything that you do because it's going to be like, especially as I think an artist and a, in a place where you're waiting for things to happen, you're waiting for jobs to come. There's always going to be like the voice in your head of like comparison and feeling like you're not doing enough. But when you're following God and you're doing what God wants you to do, you're always doing more than enough. And his timing is always perfect. He's always going to bring everything else in the right time that's why i think that this message today was really for me because i'm definitely in a waiting period and i've definitely experienced the imposter syndrome so i feel like i'm going through really similar things to you christina um but yeah just the criticism thing and just keeping your eyes on god because really you're only supposed to please him that's your main goal in life is just to please him so even if he asks you to do something that's probably going to look crazy to people people's people's opinions they don't matter only god's opinion matters and at the end of the day he's going to take care of everything because you're looking to him and his opinion so it doesn't really matter what people think it matters what he thinks and he's going to bring the right people in your life that are going to cheer you on while you're doing while you're following him even if it looks crazy the things that you're doing or people would have judgments if they're going to have negative judgments those aren't people that are that are meant to even have a say in your life at all they're not meant to have a voice right. in your life they're they're a they're a, in a tag team with the devil against you so you don't want those people anyways in your in your mind and so yeah that's that's what i heard yeah and so you good. know you know what i what i heard also and this is like for you um cr uh, but for everyone, the word frenemy, man, that it's real. A lot of people, <laughs> you know, I, listen, I've had them in my life before, frenemies. You know, they're the worst kind because sometimes we have people who we think are walking through life with us. We think they're friends, but they're, but there's always that little bit of a jab or a criticism that's hurting us or bringing us down. And, and I'm not, listen, you know, 
I'm not talking about surrounding yourself with a bunch of yes people, but I'm talking about surrounding yourself with a bunch of people who really love you because mm -hmm. I have some people in my life, um, Darren Wilson, the filmmaker, um, I'm executive producing his next film, Godman. And for those of you who've been around uh, the CynthiaGarrett.org website, then you know, you know a little bit about Godman, this film. Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short, uh, Darren is one of those people that he definitely speaks the truth in love to me, you know, and, and sometimes he'll say the hard thing, but I always listen because I know that he, he loves me. Uh, he feels the same about me. You know, I'm going to be direct and straight, especially if I love you. If I'm not, if you notice me sort of shrug you off or I don't care in a, in a situation, uh, that's a big problem. Cause that just means I don't even, I'm, I'm done with you, you know, but I really try to invest in people genuinely, you know, when I can and as I can. And so anyway, you know, we went to see his film. Um, I was, I was bawling through the, the, the rough cut of the movie. We're still working on it, but I was crying through the rough cut. It's that powerful. It's so amazing. And I really, I told him, I said, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, it's your masterpiece, you know, everything, the other films you've done, I love, but they've gone a little long. They weren't really edited properly. They were this or they were that. And I gave him the critiques on this one. I just, I was really, you know, pleased. And he trusts that because he knows that I'm going to give him the honest opinion. So you know, I, I really think it's important to protect yourself with people that love you, that will talk to you honestly, however, still prioritizing and knowing that above all things, it is you and God in that cocoon, period. And I, I get that on such a deep level for people that oftentimes, and I know my husband is this way. Even if he feels like someone is making maybe a mistake, he will, he will allow them the dignity of their journey. And as Christians, we don't often do that because see, in the dignity of our journey, the Lord helps us to really blossom. So Christians good. will prematurely prune you so that wow. you never fully develop because you've been cut off about something that's actually irrelevant early. Wow. That's so, wow, Cynthia. Mm. That's so true. I mean, that's even yeah. like a conviction on my part, you know, even thinking of like, as all of us in some ways, some, some, you know, whatever we're, we're going to be discipling other Christians who are younger than us. Like I've seen that even at me, me being at fault of that, you know, when you're like a little bit older than someone who's, and you're like, I've been through that. Don't do that. And it's like, wow, like denying them, the authenticity of their own journey. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. and seeing that with people, you know, who tried to speak into my life. That is such a good point. Like it is mm -hmm. not my job to prune you. Mm -hmm. God will do that. Amen. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, Cynthia, like even what you were saying, like there's one of our, one of the guys on our whosoever's team, his name is Tom Gillis. That was my friend I was talking about. Like, he's kind of like the dad of the group or the counselor. He's, he has like a world record in snowboarding. He's like a savage. Right. And, um, he, everyone will always like, he's like, he keeps everyone, like he counsels all of us all the time. Like Ryan's like the pastor, Tom's the counselor of the team. And, um, he always like, even like 
he always, the Lord will always put it on his heart to call each one of us at certain times. And like last week he called me on Monday and he's just like, okay, Christina, how's it going? I was like, Tom, I'm, I'm tired. He's like, you got to do what you love. Even our friend, you know, like Austin, like he'll call all of us. And so I always like tell the girls, I'm like, dude, if you need like guy advice from a dad, like a dad's perspective, call Tom. And like Tom's just known as this reservoir of wisdom. That's just, and he will tell us the hard things. Like I am who I am today over the last couple of years because of the very hard conversations Tom has had with me about even like he will even down to like, you know, when I speak, how I minister, like, you know, my, you know, recharge, like things in my life where he's like, Hey, Christina, like always, cause we all tour together. And because he loves us, like he digs in like so deep and I'm always like, Oh, and everyone always says like, sometimes Tom tells us things we don't want to hear, but we know that he, everything that he has shared with us, the fruit is always like, undeniable because of that and to have those people in your life that love you so much that they will tell you the hard truth so it's difference between that and then the people that are like that just criticize you because they just see life through a damaged lens you know but kind of like we said with darren wilson that's what it reminded me of yeah totally and 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 newsflash there are christians who see life through damaged lenses oh yes it happens it happens. And so listen, you know, cause we've all had our lens damaged in different seasons or at different times. And so, you know, we got to remember, you know, to have grace for each other yeah. because sometimes we're seeing them through our own damaged lens, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, as we, as we wrap up today, this has been, a, I mean, this has been great. I'm just, I'm kind of like, wow, you know, so much to process. It's been fantastic. But I will say, I will say this, you know, um, first of all, I'll say happy woman's day to all of you watching in South Africa. Pinu just logged out and just, you know, we, we love you guys, um, all around the world. Uh, we have such beautiful sisters all around the world. And I just want to thank all of you for your support of girl club. Um, as we close out today, in this conversation. I hope that you will be blessed. I feel led to ask you, Summer, to pray over all of us and to really, really let's hit, you know, don't forget how we all struggle in the, at, at all ages of our life with the Lord. So if you wouldn't mind, Summer, a quick prayer before we say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Father God, thank you for this time together. Um, I pray that you speak to all of us today. And at all of our ages for direction in our life. I ask that you guide our steps and lead our steps because we, as long as we have breath in our body, we have purpose for our life. And we thank you, Father God, for all of the life that's on today. And I pray that you direct us in the next steps in our life, the way that you you want us to go because we want to be in your will. We want to be in your plan for our life. So I pray that you put us in your plan and show us your plan. Show us our next steps. Steer us and guide us. And I also pray that you fill us with peace, knowing that we're all in the palm of your hand and that everything's going to be more than fine. Everything is going to be abundantly fine because we follow you, because we look to you. Thank you for this time, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, there you have it. Um, There you have it. All right, guys. 
Unless you have something in closing to say, Reynolds? Good. I'm processing. Good. Exactly. Processing. All right. Well, from your real girls having real talk about real issues and seeking to walk life out with real faith, we're going to leave you there to process this week. And um, I'll see you next week. We have a, a special girl club next week um, teaching, and I'm going to talk a lot more about pruning. So um, y'all have a good week. Bye. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.